it's saturday june 19th welcome to a new episode of bazaar i'm your host sid and finally joining me today in the studio is rishab karna because we have an ipo show rishab it's great to have you it's been a while isn't it definitely sadat it's great to be back with markets testing new highs and the ipo season picking up yeah we've had i think three ipos in the previous week and in this episode particularly we are going to be talking about the ipo of sona comstar a player in the automotive industry and you know analysts feel that you know it could be a play on the ev story in india right the growth of electric vehicles so the valuation definitely has that factored in and the ipo was not subscribed in the first two days it, it didn't have a very you know stellar opening but i think it was subscribed by three times on the final day and a bit about the company so the company makes automotive components and is one of the largest component manufacturers in the global ev market the company is also enjoying a really high valuation because it's associated with the ev market and could benefit from its growth because you know in india currently ev is still a very niche segment it's still growing at a rapid pace and in this episode like all our ipo shows we'll cover the history of the company the industry in which it operates the competitive advantages and also certain red flags associated with the company that you know the investors should be aware before investing in the company but you know first rishav i, I want to talk about the issue here and how much money that the company is raising through the ipo so what does the issue look like how much of it is an offer for sale how much is fresh issue tell me about that the issue size is of 5500 crores it is actually the largest ever ipo for an auto components in india it's going to be a combination of fresh issue as well as offer for sale the fresh issue is a very less amount at 300 crores with the remaining being blackstone exiting the company they also received a pretty good response from anchor investors ranging from the government of singapore to goldman sachs fidelity major mutual fund and insurance companies mm like i think the anchor investment was 2500 crore right yes yes which is pretty good and i think <laughs> I mean, I just I just want to take a step back here and talk about the institutions that have really made some big bucks investing in this company. So the initial institutional investor was JM Financial, which had bought a 32.5 percent stake in Sona BLW, and they sold their stake in somewhere around 2018 to Blackstone, and I think they made a return on investment of 400 percent. So that. was a pretty sweet exit for jm financial and now blackstone is selling their share like 50% share in the company right so their share holding is reducing from 65% to 33% and at the current valuation of 16.7 billion rupees blackstone is sitting at a gain of 880% so the stake that that they are selling in this ipo you know they are going to be getting a profit of 8.8 times which is a pretty sweet exit and i mean if the company lists at a significant premium then the profits are only going up from here so so that's the advantage of investing into the private equity space if you hit the jackpot the returns are humongous yeah and i think vcs and pe firms are the ones that really get the cream i mean you know there's not much left for the retail investor to play with after the company has come out with an ipo at such a lofty valuations you know there's not much left for the retail investor 
anyway uh, you know i don't want to go down that rabbit hole it's a separate topic entirely and let's talk about the history of the company so this company has been in the business for 25 odd years isn't it yes siddharth the company was started in 1995 by surinder kapoor who is considered as a pioneer in the automotive components industry in india it was started as a joint venture with mitsubishi and in 2005 the stake was bought by by sona then in 2008 they made a very big acquisition in thyssen krupps they are forging business which didn't work well for them now an interesting point to note here siddharth is that blackstone initially invested in comstar which was a separate company which had expertise in the ev space and in the year 2019 they bought jm financial stake and merged the company to form the company that we know as sona comstar hmm i think yeah like you mentioned right the 2008 acquisition of thyssen krupps forging business is an interesting fact like a lot of people don't know that they were like after the acquisition they were really struggling they did not have a lot of cash on the balance sheet and they were on the brink of bankruptcy so that deal really went south for them it was a really a disastrous deal in terms of the cash flow positions of the company and there was a crisis in the company because of this acquisition so it didn't work out very well and siddharth another interesting thing to note here is the company was often criticized for being too safe in their line of businesses and when they made their acquisition in thyssen krupps which was a big acquisition it eventually didn't work out for them <laughs> so being conservative is it's not a bad choice i mean yeah. so anyways they learned their lesson and i think fast forward 8 years i think 2016 was a very big year for them because the company backed tesla as a customer they haven't mentioned this specifically in the prospectus but you know industry sources believe that they have tesla as a customer at this point it's an interesting story because in 2016 right tesla came to sona comstar with a problem its differential assembly was failing and sona invested in this line of business they were not really in this particular line of business before so they invested in differential assembly to specifically cater to tesla and, and you know it has paid off really well i think being associated with tesla one of the largest ev companies on the planet is is a big big deal for any player in the automotive industry and i think that's why the the analyst and the institutional players are so excited about this company also on that note since we're talking about the industry here so let's talk about the automotive and the ev space a bit auto ancillary right is a huge industry and we've already seen players like madhusan sumi benefit from its growth madhusan sumi is a massive company and one of the things that has really got investors excited is how sona could be an indirect play on the growth of the ev market in india so rishabh from an industry perspective what potential do you see so siddharth as you have rightly pointed out the company is into two major segments that is first is the global car market and then is the ev vertical now the global car market is expected to grow around 5% worldwide with a higher growth rate of 10% in the indian market so the main product offerings by the company are into differentiated assembly differential gears ev traction motors and bsg on the indian side the company is at the number one position in the bevel gears market so the indian industry they, they have around 55 to 70% of market share when you look at the global front they have around 8.75% of market share in the bev differential assemblies line in the starter market they have a very small that is 3% market share and in the differential bevel gear they have 5% market share this yeah. is the global market share percentage right of the company 
Yes, yes. These are the global market share percentages. And the good thing is the company has been able to increase their market share over the last three years. Now, here is where the most interesting or the most thing that the investors would be interested is in the EV side. Now, the EV side has tremendous growth opportunities, partly due to the low base effect. So what we are seeing is we are seeing projected CAGR growth ranging from 30% to 75% in the next five years. Now, with the government coming up with as recent as last week with the FAME guidelines, further reducing the EV prices, the industry is bound to grow in India as well as worldwide. Definitely, I think I think from an industry standpoint, you know, this is one of the best industries to be in right now, automotive industry, as well as you know, EV is growing at a rapid pace. Like you mentioned, a CAGR of anywhere around 30 to 75%. At 30%, it's doubling every three years. So that's massive. And I think investors love a company which is working in this space currently. So that is the reason for the excitement. To give you one stat, you know, the two-wheeler EV sales is predicted to grow at a CAGR of 74% from 2021 to 2026. 74% 74% CAGR. Just imagine. These are astounding growth rates. Yeah, because I think two years back or three years back, the EV market in India was, I think, non-existent. Like there was hardly any sales being made. So the low base, like you mentioned, does have a factor to play here. But 74% CAGR is just is just tremendous. By 2026, it is expected that more than 2 million units of two-wheeler EVs will be sold and currently only 1.5 lakh units are being sold so you can just imagine like the growth that we're going to be seeing in this space it's going to be crazy and if sona can capitalize on this growth i'd say the valuations might just be justified but from an industry standpoint you know i'd say this is one of the best industries to be in right now electric mobility is is what the world is moving towards and it needs, you know, if we are to survive as a species, we need to move towards electric mobility. So, you know, investors will love to place bets on companies operating in ultra high growth sectors. And, you know, no wonder that the institutional investors are loving this company. So green flag on the industry perspective and moving on, you know, what are the things that are working for this company currently? Like what are the competitive advantages or some things which the company is benefiting from? The major plus point that is working for the company is their product profile and product mix. So this is not a company which has just taken that EV tag with around one or two percent of revenue coming from EV. You are looking at revenues up to 40% which are contributed by the EV segment. If you look at components that the company manufactures, gears, starter motors contribute around 70% of its revenue. Overall, if you see the company has a very varied product mix in the components that they manufacture. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I would say the biggest advantage of the company is being able to grab opportunities at the right time. So like we saw with Tesla, you know, they came with a problem to Sona that, you know, the differential assembly was not working. And then the management was proactive enough to invest in that line of business. And that business line has grown tremendously over the past three years. So that tells you that the management knows this business really well. And they can capitalize on new opportunities just like they did with the the Tesla problem. I think also having Tesla as a customer is a big advantage because we all know that Tesla is a massive player. It's it's growing, just expanding all over the world. They have gigafactories in Germany now. They're also planning to come into India at some point. A long-standing partnership with Tesla will definitely benefit Sona. 
and i think you know it's it's a sticky business right i mean they also have domestic clients like maruti suzuki mahindra escorts with more than a decade of relationship so component manufacturing is is a sticky business and once you get a customer you know they won't leave you that easily so they can leverage the existing customers and the growth in those customers and i think that's going to work for them so sada just to give you an example on the long standing customer relationships mahindra and mahindra has been in business with the company since 1995 so since the existence of the company mahindra and mahindra has been a customer so these relationships are bound to be long standing and the best part is the company has never lost a customer that's incredible man i mean no customer churn 0% customer churn is is absolutely incredible so that brings us to the second positive working for the company those are the customers of the company to survive in the auto components industry you need the support of all the big wig car manufacturing companies they supply their products to top 6 of the top 10 manufacturing passenger vehicles of the world if you look at the commercial vehicle side they supply their products to top 3 of the top 10 manufacturing commercial vehicles in the world and on the tractor side it is 7 out of 8 they have had long standing business relationships of more than 15 years with 13 of their top 20 customers Hmm. I mean that shows you that this business is very sticky. Once you get the customer in your ecosystem, they are not leaving you. And the way that they've maintained their customers, I would say it's really impressive. Zero percent churn is, you know, it's really good to see. And again, that tells you that the management is really leading in the right direction. So really good stuff. Yeah. And Sorry. what about the order book? Like I think a lot of people. especially in the ev space and also in the automotive space a lot of people like to look at the futuristic sales or the order book as you mentioned so how does that look like the order book or the commitments given by their customers to manufacture or research on a product that is pretty essential for an auto components player if you look at suna comstar as of march 21 they had 58 programs from 27 different customers and the bright spot is 15 of them are from the ev side so they are continuing to develop on the ev side another important thing that i would like to include in this is the research and development expenses as of march 21 they have spent around 6% of their total expenses on research and development now that is very important especially on the ev side where the technology is pretty dynamic and keeps on changing with various innovations yeah i think i, I think 6% r&d of the total expenses is good a lot of people would say that you know the company is being very aggressive they are spending a lot of r&d but that's what's required i mean if you want to survive in this segment uh, in this sector you have to constantly innovate you have to come out with new products like differential assembly right so they have to come out with new products because if you see they are competing with big players not only in the domestic market but also in the global market which have a lot of cash flows they have a lot of innovative capabilities right so to compete with them i think research and development is is a must and i i think it's again a very good sign that the company is acknowledging that fact so i think we've spoken quite a lot about the advantages the company we normally don't really like the recent ipos that we've done we don't really have a lot of positives to talk about but uh, we've covered the positives quite extensively i would say however that doesn't mean that the company does not have any red flags there are certain factors that the investors should consider before getting into this company so rishab what do you think are some red flags some disadvantages of the company so there are indeed red flags but there are pretty few in number so the first red flag or the first thing that is not working for the company 
is the concentration risk the concentration of revenue so if you pick any player from the auto components industry you will find concentration of revenue so you are dealing with goliath companies which kind of control the entire car market of the world so there's bound to be concentration of revenue if we deep dive into numbers the top 5 customers contribute 58% of their revenue and the top 10 customers contribute 80% of their revenue now another is that the company faces is export oriented risk most of the revenue that the company earns is from supplying to the global market so there's going to be high exposure to currency risk the third and the most important point according to me is the cyclical nature of the sector now what i mean by this is say suppose the usa market performs pretty well you'll see a lack of demand from the european car market if the european car market performs pretty well you'll see a lack of demand in the indian car market so the car industry is known to be quite cyclical in nature especially the indian market i mean <laughs> most of it is dependent on how well the monsoons go and rural demand and stuff like that so again that's where the cyclical nature of the industry comes into play definitely but here the plus point that is working for the company is only 25% of the revenue comes from the indian market yeah that's good i mean north america contributes a big chunk of their total revenues and that opens up a little bit of foreign exchange fluctuation risks obviously cyclical risk is there and i think customer concentration it's a risk but it's how the industry works right i mean the component manufacturing industry especially in the auto sector is one which is high in customer concentration there's not much that you can do about it right you you cannot mitigate that risk because the customers that you are working with are so big maruti suzuki mahindra tesla these companies will contribute a big chunk to your revenue so there's not much that sona can do about these and i also want to highlight this one point that you know you've got a lot of competition in the auto ancillary space so players like madhusan sumi bosch bharat forge to name a few with the growth in the ev sector these players will also look to gain a good market share in this sector and they have the capabilities right like i mentioned the balance sheet the cash positions of these companies are pretty good so they have a better advantage of investing in these capabilities obviously the expertise will be the differentiated differentiating factor of who wins more customers in the future but with the growth in the ev space you're going to see more companies investing rapidly to capture market share and sona has to be like you know the r&d percentage <laughs> 6% they might have to increase that because it's not easy to compete with players like Madhusan Sumi Bosch or Bharat Forge so that's one point that investors should be aware of also not only domestically globally as well they face competition from players like Valeo Bosch Warner like i don't know if i'm pronouncing this right but you know these companies are 10x the size of Sona so you know they would be in a better position to grab bigger opportunities in this space and we still can't take away anything from sona who have really carved a beautiful niche for itself and they are you know in the past 3 4 years the revenue growth also has been has been good so not a lot of negatives for us to talk about because it still remains to be seen how the company is going to be performing in the future like once the company lists and we see the quarterly results at least for the next four quarters then i think we'll be in a better position to comment on anything but right now quite a few positives for this company which is pretty rare for us and you know moving on let's let's talk some numbers now so how are the financials looking for sona so siddharth another thing that is quite rare in ipos that we cover are good financials and sona has that the mm-hmm. net sales of the company have grown 
around 5%, which is not a great number, but it is still a growth. The profit margins have been pretty good at 28%. So company also does not have a lot of debt on its book. So just to kind of summarize it, the financials and the ratios look quite good. Yeah, definitely. I mean, one thing that stands out to me as well in the financials is the EBITDA margin. For the previous four years, they were able to maintain, like consistently, they were able to maintain an EBITDA of 28%, which is quite impressive because, you know, even though the sales was like, they had a dip in sales in 2020, but still the EBITDA margins were 28%. So that's good. And they've also got a healthy return on capital employed, which tells you that the management is pretty smart in rotating the money. Revenue and net profits have remained rel- relatively stable. They've not grown at a very you know rapid pace. If they really uh, want to justify the valuations at which they're currently trading, the growth, the revenue growth and the net profit growth has to be exponential. The debt to equity, like you mentioned, isn't very alarming. 0.5 times currently. And I think they, they'll be using some proceeds from the fresh issue to repay some of their debts. So that's also going to go down. Just one point that I'd like to mention is that a lot of money is blocked in inventories and trade receivables, uh, which is also classic for a component manufacturer and might increase going forward, right? Because they're going to be getting more business, more customers, more sales. So money is going to be blocked in inventories and trade receivables, which is why, you know, they, the return on capital employed is is not very high like you see in SaaS companies or tech companies but i think for a component manufacturer a beta of 28 percent for the previous four years consistently quite impressive and i think all in all the financials look look good just to kind of touch upon the inventories point this is where the long-standing relationships and the commitments come into the play the company can afford to keep a high level of inventory if it can estimate that the demand is going to be met hmm. exactly Because what happens, like one of the risks of keeping a high inventory is in case it does not sell, then you're sitting on debt stock. Yeah. You're not going to get 100% of your, you're not going to be able to recover your money, right? On that inventory, like not 100%. So the long-standing relationships mean that even though they have a lot of inventory, it's not a risk. They will be able to rotate the inventory. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's something that, you know, investors should be aware of. Coming to the last parameter, which again is the most important one valuations and this company is trading at quite a lofty valuation it has a market cap at the issue price of 16.7 billion rupees which is in terms of market cap it's just behind endurance it will become the fifth largest component manufacturer in the automotive space in india at this valuation and after listing who knows it might even tip the scales it might go to fourth or third in terms of market cap so what do you think about the valuations currently? Do you think that it's looking very expensive or is it justified? This is one point that I don't like about the company. <laughs> the promoters have been pretty greedy in pricing this IPO. If you look at any valuation metrics, the price to equity is at 74.1, which is one of the highest in the auto components industry. The company does not have a lot of assets on their book. So the price to book value is in fact the highest in the industry. The EV to EBITDA is also at a pricier side. So if you want to sum it up, the IPO is priced on the expensive side. Yeah, at the current valuation, it's definitely expensive. I know that it's a play on the EV story in India and globally, but still, you know, a PE of 74 is exorbitant. Currently, all of the future growth is being discounted. Like the only competitor which is 
more richly valued than sona is bharat forge which is trading at a pe of 108 times for for some reason i don't know why it's trading at a pe of 108 but you know madhasan sumi the biggest player in the component space has a pe of 72 and the market is valuing sona close to madhasan sumi so <laughs> i mean just to give you an example madhasan sumi's profit is nearly equal to the sales that sona is generating so i think the gray market premiums are not very impressive 5 to 10% gray market premiums that to in such a volatile market that is not that great yeah so from a listing gains perspective not a lot to be expected from this company but i would still say that you know keep this company on your watch list and wait for a correction because if you really want to take a stake in the ev story in india and also the global level you can you can you know get a stake in the ev story through this company what do you think rishab what's your final verdict on the company according to me the company has struck gold in the line of business that it operates uh, but whether it would be a golden opportunity for the investors that i think so we'll have to wait for some time definitely let's see how the ball rolls in the future for this company definitely a very expensive stock at this valuation but yeah it, the industry in which it is operating is very exciting it's what gets investors attention right now electric mobility is the future so we'll see how the company performs the quarterly earnings and everything so that does it for today's edition of bazaar and uh, rishab it was a pleasure to have you on the show pleasure to be here sadar we also will be covering a lot of stocks in the future so we we planning to cover individual stocks on bazaar because i've received quite a few recommendations of quite i've received requests from a few friends of mine stay tuned for that as well and also we are launching a personal finance podcast called piggy bank very soon i think the first episode is going to be live tomorrow itself so you know check out piggy bank it's our new podcast on personal finance and people on the show may have certain recommendations to buy or sell but don't buy or sell based on what you hear do your own research before you take any decision and you you know you can reach out to us at the bazaar podcast at gmail.com or just hit me up on twitter we love to know what you think of the show take care and we'll see you next week